Welcome to Toffee Blue View, your source for all things Everton. I am Jerry. Joining me today, I have Terry and a new face or voice, if you're listening via podcast. Jordan is here. Jordan, welcome, man. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. So, Jordan, where are you talking to us? Well, from where are you talking to us, if I'm going to use proper speech? (laughs) Uh, Liverpool, England. (laughs) Ah, I've heard of this. Yeah, <laughs> uh, a place called Dotty Ash, um, about four miles away from Goodison Park. Oh my God, that's awesome. <laughs> the idea of being able to walk, just, yeah, or take a bike. I mean, damn, you could probably take a Segway if you wanted to. That's ridiculous. That's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you just... You, if you, for some reason you're not watching the game on on the television, you can just put your window down and tell what's going on. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so Jordan, uh, talk to us a little bit. How long you been uh, an Everton supporter? I, I mean, from living where you are, I would assume it's a while. Yeah, well, I'm 30 now, just turned 30. Uh, been Everton supporter all my life, really. You know, you follow your dad, don't you? And um, yeah, I, I got a season ticket the year after we won the. FA Cup, so it's probably my fault we haven't won that. <laughs> we always find ways to blame ourselves, don't we? <laughs> yeah. I think that's that's kind we're, of the syndrome of the Everton supporter. Yeah, <laughs> we're all jinxing it every time. Like I, I'm like, no, I can't go to the bathroom yet. It's the the first half hasn't ended. You know, I gotta wait till the half's over. I can't miss. Oh, they scored, and it's my fault because I was pissing. Damn. So yeah, it's <laughs> it's really not my fault. But of course, my son blames me. But so, uh, Jordan, uh, what do you what do you do? Like, what's your what's your real life like apart from Toffee Blue stuff? Um, well, I'm a welder. Um, I was an apprentice there when I was like 16, and I've just carried on. Um, but I like to do writing outside of work, and my main goal really is to actually be a writer. But um, this is like I wanted to be it when I was. Uh, when I left school and that, and it sort of went to the back of my mind, and like the last year or two, I've really got right back into it. So I'm enjoying writing for the Toffee Blues and that, but I, I, it's something I really want to do. I'm looking on maybe going on a course to do it as well. You know, well, I will be at some point. <laughs> so is it mainly football writing you you want to do? No, no. Um, I do like my main thing is is films and. I do. I've got a little Instagram page on the side and stuff, but I want to get a blog going and stuff. But I do. Lo- I do love Everton as well, so I think I'm quite a little bit knowledgeable about Everton and stuff. So I do like to do the articles on Everton as well. So just a quick question, because I'm going to try to be plugging you at the at the end of every segment we do. Your Instagram is film reviews, right? Yeah. And so well, that's the kind of writing you do. You want to do? Do you want to write about film, or do you want to write? screenplay type of stuff no no um, it's mainly like reviews and stuff mm-hmm. but like, I, I, I want to get into like writing about certain like say I could explore Tarantino if you get me and just write a big article on him and stuff and all different things really but it's not like film production or screenplay or not right. like that 
Oh, story. So it's, it's, it's sort of like film review is what, is what it normally sounds like. That's film criticism, essentially. Yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. And what's your, what's your Instagram? What's the Instagram page called? Uh, it's George underscore movie underscore reviews. So that's J-O-R-D underscore? No, J-O-R-D-S. J-O-R-D-S, yes. I wrote that hey. down. I didn't say it. What's wrong with me? <laughs> uh, J-O-R-D-S underscore movie underscore reviews views okay cool so uh yeah uh, jordan just as an as an aside uh i went to film school here in town uh okay. at north carolina school of the arts and studied film directing so yeah we will we will definitely have to find a way to talk movies soon T- and because terry also we terry and i watch a lot of the same stuff so uh yeah we're gonna we're gonna have to go on some huge tangents soon yeah. uh <laughs> that's great stuff <laughs> terry uh what do you what do you uh T- terry we gotta open this up to you because uh you know terry's terry's been around for a while he's the he's the mainstay he's the guy at the end of the bar you know uh yeah. what do you terry do you have questions for jordan yeah um obviously man after my own art um like <laughs> films and tarantino films you'll fit right in on the toffee blue as well let's be honest <laughs> my only question is what's your favorite tarantino film ah uh it's gonna come across as a probably the popular answer but it's, it's pulp fiction like when i first seen that film i watched it again straight after i couldn't believe how good it was like yeah. that's that's mine too that's mine too you know I, I'm I'm big on that in Reservoir Dogs, which are the old school ones. Reservoir Dogs, just be <laughs> You know what I mean? Like those are those are the early ones, and for some reason I I lock into those because I don't know. I, I feel like he got when he got to Kill Bill, he started sort of doing a formula thing with a lot of his films. You know what I mean? Where he's kind of doing a lot of the same stuff with each one, and I'm and I liked when he was sort of reinventing himself in ways. You know what I mean? Which which you could say he did that with Kill Bill, right? Because he did all this orgy of excess. <laughs> and Kill Bill's Yes, <laughs> huge. He was like, I remember him saying, he was like, I just wanted to push myself in every way possible, so I used all the blood. You know, it's just, <laughs> it's yeah. hilarious to hear him talk about it. I'm really excited. I've heard really good things about the new one. Really yeah. good stuff. I think yeah. you've got it a bit earlier than us. It doesn't release over there until the 15th, I think, or the 14th of August. Yeah, I um, haven't seen it yet, though. If I go to a movie, yeah. I'm I'm lucky if it's, you know not rated G with my kids. I did get to go see, I did get to go see Midsummer with my my buddy Kyle who is uh you know my buddy and our editor. Uh yeah, that was phenomenal if you like scary movies. So good. I, I love Hereditary, but I haven't seen that one yet. Dude, it's so good. Oh my god, Terry, if you like the scary stuff. I don't know if you do though. I feel like I remember you not liking scary movies. No, I'm a bit of an um bit of a scaredy cap stuff like that so i i don't bother with the with the horror films to, to be honest I've, i don't think i've seen good ones i remember liking when i was younger like evil dead 2 and um <laughs> those are the fun ones <laughs> not, yeah yeah i think that's probably why because it's not that scary um but no i'm not i'm not i'm not a horror guy yeah they just don't like jump scares and stuff like that so i, I give it a miss well these are like, yeah you're about what you're about to say. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I mean, pretty, pretty, you know, up there for quality. Like, it's it's like somebody, a really good character director, decided to start making scary like horror movies, 
it's really brilliant art. It's just really good art. I was lucky to see that in the theater. And Hereditary before that is also phenomenal. Yeah. Really good stuff. It's a clever, it's a clever horror. It's not just a jump scare one. Hereditary. That, that's what I prefer. Like, bit of thought into it. As long, as, I, I almost prefer it if it can work on another level as another genre. You know what I mean? Like a lot of the best stuff, it's multiple. Yeah, layers. Uh, Terry, I, I, I accidentally jumped in. What's your favorite Tarantino before we move on? Um, Inglorious Bastards. It used to be Pulp Fiction, but Inglorious Bastards is probably my favorite. I just love every minute of the film it's just so good that opening scene dude that opening scene uh, the opening I scene think. yeah just brilliant it's probably Tarantino's best scene I think so good it's so good man <laughs> we can't talk about that opening scene all the time oh my god it's not even like Tarantino's best scene it's just Christoph Waltz it's just so talk about scary he's scary in that like yeah. and he's not even like it's just how intimidating and how like, everything about the scene is just perfect it's oh, I love it. I absolutely love it. I might have to watch it when we finish recording. <laughs> Just watch that that. scene. <laughs> oh, so good. Uh, anyway, we have we have turned this into a, a, a film podcast, which I think some are totally fine <laughs> with that. Uh, <laughs> but hey, we, the the point was to get to know Jordan some more, and that is that is that's what's going to happen. Apparently, uh, I'm down with that. So, uh, everybody, uh, welcome, welcome, Jordan. Um, you don't have to say it out loud. He can't actually hear you, or can he? So, uh, Jordan, yes, indeed. Uh, so, uh, just a really quick sum up for everyone, for podcasters, exactly what is happening on this particular episode. We're going to talk, we're going to have to delve into the transfer window right now, because I feel like we sort of have to every single episode now. It's, it's yeah. nearing the end. It's almost over. Uh, right now, uh, you know, it's like it's like a Marcel Bronze is, uh, you know, <laughs> he's hitting his stride right now. You know, there's a reason why there is a picture of my shoulder and a candle burning for the man. All right, just saying. Yeah. All right. He is he is in his element, duck to water, all that stuff. So we're gonna talk a little bit about center backs because Joyce came out and Joyce has spoken the prophet, and uh, he has said that uh, we're looking to center back next. All right, and so we're going to talk about center backs um, and what that situation is. Hashtag free Zuma. Yeah, that happened normally the first time. All right, so <laughs> 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 uh, then we're going to talk a little bit about the preseason review, the winners and losers of the preseason. Um, frankly, if you watched every minute of the preseason, you might be the loser on the list because doggone it, it's been pretty unbearable. But we're going to talk about the the players and, and any players that made some progress and possibly any that slid backward and some that were just out there to be put on the shelf to be uh, purchased, hopefully, by someone. So, uh, and then we're going to end with a quiz. Price is right quiz. Jordan's never done a quiz with us. And so Terry Terry loves loves the new, the new folks that come in. And uh, what happened last time, Terry? There was a new person on the, on the pod for a quiz. I didn't even mean to reference that and then I realized it was tumbling out of my mouth I was like oh no oh Terry like, <laughs> like, like, like on the old fighting games where you, you beat someone and you don't land a blow and it says perfect mm-hmm. when they <laughs> that's what he got over me it wasn't even like KO it was perfect 
<laughs> it was uh, it was a strong performance. Let's let's put it that way. And I, I felt the need to hug Terry through the through the screen. Uh, <laughs> it'll be okay. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, let's go let's go talk about uh, transfer window. Uh, center backs. Uh, who will who will we sign? Who should we sign? Who do we sign? How's this going to work out? Um, recently, some some more information came out that we're still interested in Zuma. Um, for those of you who've been living under a rock, not the best real estate. First of all, there's there's my advice to you. But uh, basically, he was on loan with us last year, and I think everybody can say, as far as center backs go, one of our I think our strongest center back performer of last season. Um, by the end of the season, I think all of us were just not wanting to imagine this season without him. Uh, which is still po- and now at last podcast, I was pretty sold on the fact that he, we weren't getting him. All the vibes I was getting was that it's not happening. And then more noise came out. Awesome. That's great. Uh, so Jordan, let's talk a little bit about Zuma just because he's the, the name on everybody's lips about, uh, th- he may be our guy. What do you think about that? Uh, to me, it's, he's number one priority for the center half. Um, I done a, an article for the website uh, a few months back, and I said our priorities: uh, keep Garner, get a striker, and get Zuba. Like Garner's obviously gone, but two out of three mightn't be bad. So it's it's it's, it's and it, we we need to get him. It's just he fits in perfectly. Um, he knows Marco Silva what Marco Silva wants. He slots next to Keane. It's just a no-brainer for me. We need to get them, and that's the end of it. Uh, do you? What do you think about all this recent? Uh, I'm not asking you to be one of these uh, ITK unicorns, and I'm not asking you to be, you know, a mystic here or anything. But uh, as far as the vibe you're getting from all the words that are coming out on social media and all that nonsense, uh, do you think? Do you think he's actually going to be coming back? Do you think Chelsea are actually going to let him go? I don't know because when he said he came out the other week and said it might be with here where I'm staying and Lampard sort of said oh yeah he's a great player and stuff but since Paul Joyce tweeted that I'm thinking there's something in it that we're going to get him and I would not be surprised if we do get him um, I think you look at his Instagram he likes everything everything put up you know what I mean and I think he I, personally I think he does want to come back here I mean he the few last few friendlies Chelsea have played, he hasn't really started the games. I mean, I don't really look too much into friendlies, but when I look at Everton's last few, they've started with the strongest team, and Chelsea, if they're doing that, Zuma's on the bench. I mean, he might just be giving them an half and half. I don't know, but because Silva's been starting with his strongest, are Chelsea doing that as well, and not starting them? So maybe he might think, oh, I'm not a regular starter here. I mean, it's only a friendly. You can't look too much into it. Right. It's tough. Um, yeah, because recently I, I definitely thought he was staying. Um, and then this, but the thing that gets me is you haven't heard a lot of other names, have you? You haven't. There's there's no. been like hardly any others. The only one I've heard, which was today, really, is Lorente from Sociedad. <laughs> um, that might be the alternative. <clears throat> but this. This fellow was signed, Guavarman. Um, I know he can play centre half as well. I don't know if he. Be, he's, I know he's not going to be a. He's bought. He, I know he's nice and bought him as a centre back, but 
Uh, he could sort of be a backup one with Jags going. Mm-hmm. But I'd, I'd, Paul Joyce has also said he's coming. He wants a centre back, so I think he he might use him as a backup one. But uh, I think he's he, he's obviously definitely looking for a centre back, isn't he? But the only two names really out of here: Zuma and Govan. Uh, sorry, Lorente. Yeah, uh, that was the thing that kind of you know recently when I saw that there was some links to him again, to Zuma again, I was thinking, well, you know, nobody else has been mentioned. Maybe this isn't as dead as I thought it was. I thought I was kind of giving myself reality checks. Like, you know, don't pine for a player. I've gone through that too many times. Every, every time again has gone through that too many times, you know, and there are other good players out there. There are, you know what I mean? There's other good value out there. And if we don't get him, I, I guarantee Marcel Bronze and Silva will figure something out and we'll be okay. Everything will be fine. You know, it's just, he already knows us. He yeah. knows the people and it seems like he wants the to thing. be here. You know, yeah. so. that's the thing. He, he, he'll just fit in. Perfect. That's another center half from another league is a little, maybe a little bit of a risk, but Zuma just fits in mm-hmm. and it's a, it's a no brainer for me. I mean, it's just whether Chelsea play hardball, isn't it? But for, for Joyce to come out and say that there's gotta be something in yeah. it. Terry. Terry's just been the quiet storm over there, just holding Pat. But you know, there's something raging inside. What? What's? What exactly? How are you feeling about all this, Terry? What do you think's going to happen? What do you think's going on? I think we'll get him now. I had, like yourself, Jerry, um, accepted that he wasn't probably going to come because of what Zuma himself said, what Lampard said. But ever since Jerry said negotiations are still ongoing regarding Kertzuma and then on top of that as well like George said um, there's been no links to many other players until maybe even today I think it's just a matter of how much we pay for him I think the big picture wise they've sent him out two years running on loan the only reason they're even considering him now is because they've got a transfer ban Zuma's got to look past this season as well and go well next season not this one coming the one after a, Lampard might not even be here. B, even if he is still here and the transfer ban's lifted, I could be way down the pecking order again and Everton have moved on and I can't get this great move that I've you know, sort of developed an um, understanding at the club and, and I'm loved there and so on. It might it, We might come off the market for him in a year's time. So I think... Now, I think Zuma does want to come. He's not the type of guy, not the type of player who's going to rock the boat. Obviously, we know that from having him here. He's, you know, he's a professional. Um, but I just think we're we're negotiating with Chelsea. We know, you know, Marcel Brands likes to, you know, he, he will take the time for it means he gets the price down. He's done it a few times already with players even this window. But this is Chelsea. Chelsea are no slouches. This is obviously going to be the. This may be the biggest fee we've paid since Brands came in. Because we're buying from another Premier League right club there. who play hardball themselves, who are, you know, I don't think the brand's magic will have such an impact on Chelsea as it would as it has on other clubs um, who are more desperate for the money. Because you know, for example, Juventus wanted the money for Moise Ken because they've got all the plans of themselves. Chelsea have got no plans; they can't, so they don't need this doing. They can happily not have it happen. And just let the player, you know, see where he ends up. So I don't think we'll get it down to the, you know, reduced rate that he's done with the other signings. We'll probably end up paying 
upwards of 40 million. I don't think the Harry Maguire deals really helped us either because it set the precedent. Literally the next thing I was going to talk about, Terry. I was like, how is that? I mean, who who would you rather have as a starting center back and then think about the prices being mentioned? And, that, and something's weird well, about it. <laughs> this is it. This is it. I, I actually don't even have a problem with Maguire going for that. Not not now. It's the the transfer system. You know, prices have made sense for a while. It's just the it's the seller's market. It's just not a buyer's market, especially from Premier League clubs. But that won't have helped Brands' position to try and get the price down. I think Kertuma will come back, but we will pay a large large amount to get him. And it, ultimately, the manager and and uh, the sporting director have both shown since they've been here very consistently, that they want their targets. They don't want to compromise and go for second and third choices. So they may just think, well, he's worth that to us. We're going to build with him. We're going to build around him. He's part of this vision we've got. May have to just uh, tuck it up and pay the money. But I do think it'll happen now because if it's dead and when they're not going to sell, why would we still be talking to them? If someone came in for Richarlison... And we would have no intention of selling him, especially a club who you know can't bully him off us. You know, like if a big, big, big team came in, then we might have a problem. But say a team from lower down the league came in for one of our players, and we didn't want to sell them, would we still be talking to them weeks and months down the line if we had no interest in selling? No, you'd be negotiating a price. If it was not, if it was not on the table, you'd just tell them to, to leave. That's it. No, nothing else to discuss. We're still in discussion, so it's not off the table. Uh... Guys, this question is for both of you. Uh, let's say, you know, because because McGuire, the the price is like eighty five or something, which is <laughs> we and like you said, Terry, yeah, it, the the market's been just absolutely just you know crazy balls for a few years now, but uh, but still, what if that puts Zuma's price, even with Bronze being the magic man that he is. What if that puts Zuma's price at around fifty? Is that even is that worth it at that point? I don't think so, but I think they will still pay that. I think the you know there'd be caveats within that they pay you know some up front, mm. some down the line, incentive based. But they obviously really like the player and and see you know see him as crucial to the plans, and it can't be underestimated as well that. the if we get everything our own way this window, we're going to buy seven players. If we get Zuma, that two of them will have already been here, so there won't be as much upheaval as there was last time when we, you know, brought a, a massive influx of players in. If 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 Zuma comes in, he immediately goes into the first team. Doesn't need to bed in like you know, Moise Ken and Gavan are probably going to going to need to. And it the value, the things that Chelsea can turn around and, and tack you know premium on for are quite you know numerous in this deal so i think uh, the club are going to have to just i think they will end up paying somewhere in that region because the the maguire deal has 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 probably hurt our our position in the sense of well he's not worth x y and z they could turn around and say well he is because you know maguire's not that much better than zuma I, i think zuma's better than maguire personally but the common belief is that he's not um so that much like it's helped us in the past. We've sold players for more than they were worth because similar players went for large prices elsewhere. When Man City bought less, um, bought less, got they had to pay more because Glenn Johnson had just been bought for a high price. But it's working against us in this instance, mm-hmm. I think. 
Jordan, what are you thinking about that? If we're having to pay 50 or upwards for Zuma. Yeah, like like Teddy said, it's the Maguire deal hasn't helped us at all. Um, but maybe they were asking around that region anyway, and that's why it took so long. If I think if we were they were asking for 30, we might have got them by now. But I reckon they might have been playing hardball from the start. And I think this one could go, go to deadline day, to be honest, because... Chelsea haven't got to replace them because they can't. Mm. So they could just wait till deadline day and get the best price possible. Oh, yeah, I'm. I mean, that's just such a big. I, I'd be fine if like our add-ons add up to fifty. You know, if for some, if it's like add-ons for if somehow we made it to Champions League or something like that. You know, those those add-ons that made Richarlison's fee fifty. You know what I mean? That kind of stuff. I'm cool if that happens. I would prefer not to purchase if the initial fee is over 50, but you know what? I am some bespectacled gray-haired man from North Carolina. No one really cares about it. You know what I mean? So I would prefer to get value somewhere else in a different way, but it's really hard to put price and a value on a player that's already Premier League proven, already proven in your system, with your team, with, a, with the same partner. That is worth money. And to be purchasing from another English English club adds money onto it too, uh, which is going to be our problem if for some reason we end up purchasing Zaha. You know, you're purchasing a, a player in his prime who is already proven in the league you're playing. You know, that tax money on every single time. And it's another English club where everybody knows when you're selling to English club uh, or, or, or when you're purchasing from an English club, it, it changes things when it comes to, to the values because we're, the English clubs are rich. You know, the TV money is just bonkers. So, and yeah, and that's probably yeah. what made the market do what it did, right? So. I think it, I think it sort of depends on our budget as well, doesn't it, really? I mean, like, have we, mm. how much have we got to spend, you know what I mean? Um, but I think I, th- I think we're in the minus right now, um, selling Guy and mm. Luckman. <clears throat> but um, per- personally, if it, was, if it went to 50 million, I'd yeah. probably pay it. Probably would. Yeah, but just because he's a perfect fit, and especially the second half of the last season, he, he was brilliant, and he's just got a perfect partnership with Keane. It's not a risk, in my opinion. So, got to be honest, I bulk at the idea personally of, of paying fifty million for him, just because. I mean, I'm not at the minute, especially concerned by the prices of players because it's just it's just so warped anyway but it is a lot of money that but but then on the other hand maybe this is the sort of point where the club decides once this transfer window shuts and we've brought in this large amount of players that's it no more overhauls this is our team the core of the core of our team at least going forward now that's our you know, for the most part, that's our team, and that's they're the players you identify with Everton, and then you know do what other clubs do, and each summer we'll add like you know, well we've got this player who's retiring, and we're going to replace him, or we need a little something extra, you know, and centre midfield, we need a, you know another attacker. I don't want to be going into next summer or the summer after needing another seven players because we've done that. We we obviously botched it very. Well, actually, I'll take that back. We didn't actually botch it when Walsh and Kuma were in charge because a lot of those players are still here or have been turned around quite quickly for profits. 
we didn't botch the recruitment in that sense, but we just bought all the wrong pieces first. So we bought all the, you know, no pace or anything like that. If we did, you know, if, for example, we'd have got Bernard in, in that window and, and one or two other players, it might have been more balanced. But after this window shuts, I want to be able to turn around and go, right, that's the Everton team now, the Everton squad, the core 15 Everton players that people identify with. They're going to grow together. They're going to develop and, you know, you're going to see them get better with each season and you know you might see a new player here or there and then that's that would be the only thing that would make me think okay let's pay big big money and over the odds for Zuma because if he's key to that I don't want to be putting a you know a, a bandage on or, a, or I don't want to just sort of put like a holding player in there and then we go back for Zuma down the line anyway because when you can just pay and get him now that kind of thing if he's the guy they see as yeah, he's one of our centre-back partners or one of our three main centre-backs and it's going to be like that for five, six, seven years. You know, why not? Just just, just get him. Just get the player because right now there's no sense to be made out of market prices. Just look at the player in isolation. If your club are paying for it, then they obviously can pay for it. They obviously can afford it. So if, if he does cost £50 million, then Brands and Silver have made the decision to pay that for Zuma. Just, identify, just, just focus on the player and what he brings and if you boil it down to that he's perfect he's a perfect fit for the club we've seen it already that's the disadvantage of having loan players unfortunately that you see how perfect they are but then you've got to go and buy them and it doesn't feel even feel like a new player uh well done terry bringing in that that talking point it was the segue was perfect it was just skillful man the way you weaved that together it felt like (laughs) it one would not know that Terry said, I really want to mention this somewhere. And he just perfectly lodged, perfectly. <laughs> he's just he's just a man with a craft. <laughs> I, you know what I mean? <laughs> if, I, if I could just touch on what Terry said, to be honest, I, I totally agree with everything he said. But um, we could end up bringing like six players in. But two of them would be from last year. So it's sort of carrying on the team a little bit. And like Terry said, I don't want to bring six in again next year. So just keep it at one or two next summer, you know what I mean? But at least two of them are from last year that know, that know the what script, I, what, basically. What I take from this is I take the fact that Mashiri, and this is where this goes back to Mashiri, uh, he doesn't want to do that overhaul thing either because he's done it. He's mm. seen the mistake, so he brings in bronze. Bronze is the consistency. He's the through line. So if our manager leaves, we don't need an overhaul because we have a director of football. And our director of football is sitting there making sure, okay, if we bring in a manager, I want him to be a certain style to be able to play with the players we have. That's to prevent the need for that overhaul. You know, that right there, that is the that is beautiful. It is a wonderful thing. So, so this way, yeah. you, you lose a manager, bring in a new manager, it's all cool. It's all right. The pieces are still there because Marcel Bronze. You know that's the that's what that's what that's what Walsh I guess was supposed to be early on, right? Yeah. When you look back at Walsh compared to this, well, it's I, I know we were all excited when Walsh was bringing it these really players was. in because that way Everton <laughs> hadn't done that, done that before, had they? But um, when you compare them to Brands, it's just. It's totally One's just done the game, job before, and that's the real thing. I think Walsh is a pretty good scout. You know, he's a, he, I mean, not a pretty good scout. He's a good scout. He knows good players. He just wasn't so great at negotiation and convincing them to come. You know, that's, yeah. there's, a, and that's pretty damn important to that job. You know, so yeah. 
Oh, well. I mean, I, I, I wish him well. I was hoping he would stay in a, a, as a scout, but I don't know. It'd be a, a step backward. And I'm not sure if Bronze would want that kind of, uh, you know, mojo. Like the guy that used to do your job working for you uh, just can yeah. – that just usually doesn't work out very well. I did remember that. <laughs> totally forgot that. Uh, so really quick before we go, we need to mention the other player that's been mentioned. <laughs> there have been links to, is it uh, Tomori as well, right, from Chelsea. There was him about him possibly coming in on loan. Uh, but it was very tenuous at best, the mentionings of that. Uh, mm. Only a few links, and I don't know how serious they were. Um, and they could have just been clutching at straws just because, well, they got a Chelsea back on loan last season. So it just seemed really, I don't know. Uh, but you're, it, it's way bigger of a, of a risk than Zuma. And then uh, you mentioned Diego Llorente from uh, Real Sociedad. Uh, yeah. And I, I don't even know if Diego Rente is even the same kind of player as Zuma. I feel like he's not, you know, I think find it interesting that we'd be trying to purchase a different player. That's not the exact same style or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Again, I haven't seen much of Lorente. I've got to be honest, but like I said, put such back on before What if he doesn't fit? You know what I mean? He might. I mean, I saw brands a scout. Adam scouted and stuff, but I, I, I just would prefer Zuma. But I haven't seen much of uh, Lorente to be honest with you. I don't watch Real Sociedad every week. To be Jordan, <laughs> what's what's going on, man? <laughs> we, we we had talked earlier, and I thought you knew all about them. It's yeah, so it's yeah, man. I I I just I mean, we wouldn't be paying the same amount. We wouldn't. Uh, because there would be way more risk. He'd be, we'd be buying him from a non-English team. Um, it just wouldn't cost the same. And if it did, I would highly question the move. But, um, but yeah, man, uh, right now I just don't see Llorente as being like as legit. I just, I, it's hard for me to see anybody but Zuma coming in at this point. Now that this has started back, like a, I, I've reverted yeah. back to what I thought before. So I'm flippy flopper. Just, just happening. That's what uh, a buddy of mine who was from Finland used to call slides. He used to play on my my uh, university football team. Flippy flopper. It was awesome. It's ha- it's hard for me to call slides anything else now. Uh, <laughs> Flippy flopper. You know, it's just just a just a badass Scandinavian <laughs> accent. It's awesome. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, you got anything on your rente, Terry, or are you ready to go on? No, I mean, it smells a bit like an, um, we're in for Marcus Rojo type thing. You know, forgot you know, about just the Rojo out there to, last year. Sort of, yeah, it uh, probably isn't true. I, I think if we don't get Zuma, we'll just loan a player to cover the Mina and, um, Keen and just go back for Zuma when they've got their ban lifted and could probably get him, um, but for less money. No, I don't. I, I think if we were going to make a purchase other than Zuma, we'd have made it by now. I think it's Zuma or a loan to wait for Zuma. They want their player. They need to get him now or go back for him. All right. These guys have spoken. Yeah. They're willing to pay 100 million 
dollars. <laughs> All right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, for real, hashtag free Zuma. Make it happen. Let's go. Uh, trending <laughs> trending in, in, on Liverpool Twitter at this moment. It's fantastic. Uh, I don't know who it was who started it, but it's just all over my timeline. It's nuts. Um, so anyway, that's it for our uh, center back transfer segment. Not really a lot of center backs mentioned. We just, just just talked about Zuma, but we did it thoroughly. So just just saying. So uh, we're gonna do a, a quick little update. Just, you know, stop the presses kind of thing. Um, Guavarman. Jean-Philippe Guavarman. Am I saying that right? Is that close enough, Terry? Is that all right? Yeah, I think so. I've only seen it written down the way it's meant to be pronounced. So Guavarman is, I think, yeah. that'll do. <laughs> yeah, Guavarman. Guavarman. Uh, anyway, uh, Ivory Coast International uh, from Mainz has been signed. Uh, you said he's number 25. Is that right, guys? Mm-hmm. Yep. Number 25. Who was recently number 25? Anybody in recent memory number 25? Ooh. Uh, I don't. I don't know. Was I was trying to remember if, if Funes Mori was, was but I... Was, was Fellaini 25? I don't remember. He was. Yeah. was, yeah. Fellaini was the last high-profile number 25. I always think 24 was Tim Howard. At 25, yeah, it was Fellaini because he, but then like on on like football manager games, it said his preferred number was 27, but he could have had that at any time. He was at Everton and never took it, so I always I was questioning. Not really preferred. Yeah, but, I mean, what a strange number to prefer. Yeah. Well, Richarlison prefers 70, but he couldn't have it here, so I don't know. I've stopped trying to figure out squad numbers, but 25 was Fellaini. Yeah, I find it odd that that our new. Defensive center mid is is twenty five, uh, especially somebody who might be getting some starting minutes, like a lot of them. Mm-hmm. So that's an interesting choice. Everton redefining squad number philosophy for many years. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, welcome, Terry. Terry, what's the? So I don't have to butcher his name. What What did you hear people calling? John people Philippe, calling uh, John Philippe Guevamin. And and you said someone has given him to, uh, a much easier to say nickname. Oh yeah, someone was um, calling him JPG. I, I think it was on the Blue Room podcast. May have been Rob Vera. If it's not him, um, I apologise. Um, called him JPEG, basically, which is a lot easier to say than Guavamin. But whatever. J- whether he gets the Calvert Lewin thing, where he's you know DCL or uh, JPG. I don't know, but Guavamin. So the beginning, like Guatemala, Vamin, Vamin, Vamin. I'm not sure. The problem is, I'm worried it's going to come across like Varmint, and so Guavarment, you know. So yeah, it's delves into Yosemite Sam in there at the end. I'm just worried I'm going to butcher it, so I may end up, you know, uh, giving giving props to the Blue Room for saying JPG and just saying JPG. You know, and giving it a little credit there at the end. Uh, so, yeah, anyway, so he's in. Uh, if you watched any tape on the guy, uh, he's very big fellow, uh, quick. 
athletic, very, very, uh, very apt at, uh, very adept is the word I'm looking for, at carrying the ball, moving the ball up the field, uh, can get the ball up the field in a hurry. Um, I've seen videos where his passing looks eh, and then I've seen videos where he looks uh, pretty, pretty solid. Um, so I guess we'll see what we get. I'm hoping it's the latter. Um, but he's young. He's not super old. We're not talking about a 27-year-old player. What is he, 23? He's yeah. young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I'm psyched about the signing. I think everybody's been saying, hey, uh, it's nice to – we've brought in like two players to, to replace Gay. You know what I mean? So that's that's what uh, that's what Gay's like. You know what I mean? He's, that's, yeah. takes takes two dudes to fill his shoes. So yeah. anyway, that's our update on. Uh, yeah, my apology as well. I was I was on record as saying I think that Delph was in fact Garner's replacement, and uh, Marco told me, you know, just me and him when we went for a drink that time. He said, "No, that's not the case. Uh, if Gay if Garner Gay goes, then we need to replace him as well." And I was like, "Hmm, will we though? It'll be Fabian Delph, not so." Now you, call, I remember you said, "I think Marco Silva is a liar." Yeah, not actually. He he did not use that stronger language. I am totally kick, kidding think, right now. You think it went out at least? Like, <laughs> no, you you did flat out say, "Eh, eh." Yeah, I remember the eh. Yeah, it was. I was wrong. I was wrong. It was disbelief. So from now on, Marco Silva is uh, is honest with the media. That's a thing. So, um, yeah. So yeah, welcome, uh, welcome, Jean Philippe. Uh, yeah, smash it, man. <laughs> Please. <laughs> uh, excited to see him in blue. Um, so let's move on to uh, the next video segment. Uh, so preseason review. Yeah, it's been a heck of a preseason. A non-stop thrill ride. (laughs) I mean, yeah, um, let me just go through some scores for those of you who've missed out on on the uh, adrenaline-soaked preseason of Everton. Uh, 1-1 draw with Cariobangi Sharks. Uh, Lost in a shootout. Yeah. Uh, Then... uh, was it Sion? Yeah. Swiss? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, nil-nil. Draw. Hard stopping. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> One-nil. Uh, beat Monaco. Yeah. That was, yeah. That, was, that was not bad. Nil-nil. Draw with Wigan, in which uh, we brought a lot of supporters, which uh, that's kind of cool. Um, but they didn't really see any goals, did they? Um, so there's that. Uh, One-nil. Lost to Sevilla in a shortened match and another loss to Mainz uh, 3-1 in another shortened match and we still got Werder Bremen coming up in the uh oh it was uh, Klassen all right Davy Klassen uh let's see if Terry can can get through this one because he's been holding a torch for Davy Klassen for a while uh, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I, that's the thing. I've actually watched a decent amount of Bundesliga last season, and I was actually hoping he'd do well. You know, I, I hate seeing somebody come to come to Everton and just number one be in awful circumstances, and number two just kind of be chased out so quickly. It was you know. But do I think we were right to sell him? Yeah, I do. I think he's yeah. it's it's better for both player and team. So, but we've got them later. Uh, that's coming up soon. But 
Uh, who are the winners and losers of this preseason? Let's start with Terry. Um, you can you can give me whatever you got uh, because let's be honest, anything we can draw from this preseason is a good thing. Anything <laughs> we can learn. <laughs> what do you got, Terry? I think um, rather than, rather than the Classen Derby, I'd call it El Classenco. You know, see what I did there? It's good there, isn't it? Aha. That's... <laughs> um, it's it's not been good on the eye, as it. Let's be honest, but I'm I'm of the opinion that it doesn't have to be. It honestly, I would happily lose every single um, preseason friendly for the rest of time if we never got another preseason injury for the rest of time. As long as they come through each game without getting injured and fitness builds up. That's fine by me. It's not really, you know, nice if you go to see these games, but that's uh, that's Everton supporters for you. They'll go into probably deepest Congo if Everton are going to play a match there. Like they follow them everywhere, all over the world. Um, I think there's not been very many standout winners of the preseason. That's not to say because you know nobody's impressed, but it's. It's not been that kind of thing. It's not been, you know, someone's turned the manager's head or someone's, you know, made such a point that you now don't need to buy a player in a certain position. I think I think the biggest winners for me were probably, I'm going to say, Andre Gomez. Andre Gomez, because he has now been in pre-season from day one. He's played in every pre-season friendly. He's been training with the team. And rather than like last year where he was injured and had to come in very slowly and he only really got going... Um, in the latter part of the first bit of the season, and then obviously his fitness had issues throughout the season because he, you know, he didn't have a preseason. Now he's up to speed. He's in a full preseason. He's in the engine room from the start. I think we'll see even more from him. I think he'll be even better uh, for having had that. Another big win. I don't want to take every player, but I think this is a really obvious one. Is um, Lewis Gibson. I think when we went into the pre-season, there was you know obviously the title-winning under-23 team, and I think a lot of people thought, yeah, a lot of those players are either going to be loaned, the younger ones that is are going to be loaned to get some experience, and the the players who are older and probably aren't going to feature in the team anyway, they'll be sold. We might not see anyone break through into the first team. There didn't seem to be anyone who, who stuck out. Josh Bowler was highly thought of, but he's gone on loan, and Gibson was another one. It was seen as you know one of the ones to watch from that crop, but he's really impressed. He he's been the one that I think everyone's come away from going, oh, he's actually a you know pretty you know he competent, capable defender. We could actually use this player in a pinch in a in a, in a senior game, and obviously he's not as it all his own way either. In the preseason, he gave away a penalty in one of the games. I'm not saying he's just come in and he's just romped it. Did he score? Did he yes, score a goal? he did. Yes. Yeah, so he's he's been of the young players, the one who stood out for me the most as a potential future first teamer, and obviously um, Gomez. They're me two, me two winners, uh, losers. No one, but no one you didn't expect. You know, shock horror. Nias and um, Morales haven't done anything to convince us that they're going to feature. Um, Probably about it. I don't. Nobody had a particular. You know, you expected more from nobody. You know, touch wood. Very happy. Nobody got injured. Nobody had their preseason cut short or this. You know, anything like that. So, so far, 
couple of winners, no losers, not not anything outside of what we already knew. All right. So now that Terry has listed pretty much the whole team. Yeah. So hold my answer. There are others. There are others. I just had to yeah. had to give him crap. Uh, so, um, yeah, I you had a couple of the names that I did write down, though. Uh, so, Jordan, how about you, bud? Winners and losers from yeah. preseason. Yeah, well, to agree with Terry on one point, this Andre Gomez. Um, when we went on that three-month dip last year, I, I did criticise Gomez quite a bit because I just thought, I don't know if he's trying or not, but maybe it was a bit of fitness or whatever because he was injured and he didn't have a pre-season, but I think this will do in the world of good. And um, the good games he does have, he's, he's unplayable at times, you know what I mean? So mm. hopefully he can remain that level of consistency with this pre-season. And he's, I think he's played every game, is it? Mm. Uh, so, yeah, um, Gomez definitely a winner. Um, I watched the Wigan game, and to be honest, I, I thought Tom Davis had a really good game. That, that game, um, he was getting stuck in, he was p- popping the ball off and that, and then the main game after, <laughs> he could have played it through to Morales. Uh, sorry, he pl- could have played it through, and he'd give it to Morales. And they went and scored straight away. So I was just like, come on, Tom. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, I think Coleman's been impressive. He's done all right. Um, but yeah, Alney Ass and Morales are still playing for us. It's, I just don't know. They, they, they haven't, in fact, they've gone worse from what I've seen. I mean, I don't know what Neas was doing in that. Was it the uh, Sevilla game where he big scorpion kick? <laughs> So bizarre, and I think I think uh, Coleman ended up getting a header like right after that. Like I'm not remember was that the Monaco goal? I'm trying to remember who it was against. Yeah, Monaco it was. Yeah, yeah, it, it was bizarre. It was like Scorpion kick where he's like jumping over players, and then it ends up like right in front of the goal. Coleman just heads it in. So it's the it's just so neos because he's like chaos incarnate. He's like he's so like low key. You know what I mean? You throw him in there and stuff's going to happen. Could be good, could be bad, but something's happening. <laughs> I just don't know. Going in another season with him in the squad, it's just... I, I like the lad, I do. And he's probably a lovely lad, but I, it's just... It's not here. He's not going to make it, is he? Uh, um, yeah, uh, good point by Terry on Gibson. I think he's looked solid at the back of times. A couple of little mistakes, but he's fitted in quite well. And the other uh, player I've been impressed with when he, he's only come on for little glimpses is uh, Anthony Gordon. Hmm. I think he, he's played most of, most of the second half in the Wigan game. I can't remember too much, but he, he looked all right there, to be honest, when he come on. showed a bit of flair. And... I mean, how old is he, by the way? <sighs> well, there's a lot of my school. I actually went to school with him. Um, I think he's 18. Um, don't quote me on that, but I think he is 18. And... I think Dortmund were after him at one point. But, yeah, what I've seen of him, he's done all right. Yeah, we have confirmed that, after that short break, that Anthony Gordon is 18 years old. For some reason, I thought he was a little bit younger. Um, regardless, awesome, it's great minutes for him. These young players yeah. getting in there. Uh, I would actually, additionally, uh, throw in uh, Broadhead to somebody who's kind of won in the preseason because – he got first team minutes, a lot of them, way because because there wasn't weren't a whole lot of players playing that position that were in. So he got to play a lot, earned himself a new contract, and now he's out on loan at Burton, uh, which yeah. I think that that was announced today. 
so that's a that's a pretty solid preseason for him because I think they were trying to figure some things out about some of these players. And uh, I think if it, he had not impressed, they would have just sold him. It's like Joe Williams, isn't it? I don't think he's done enough. I know he scored, but he's been sold, hasn't he? Yeah, and that was one of the players. Uh, I He's a player I like, um, but I, I, it's hard not to say that he uh, was on the, the bad end of the preseason because I think he was doing well. I think he may have gotten injured, and that kind of put him out of some of the games, and then he's just out. Uh, and they decide they're they're going to sell him. I mean, he was somebody people were considering for possible minutes for first team this year. Um, so I, that he was on my list as somebody who see I, I hesitate to say losers of the preseason. You know what I mean? But yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the best. But it, it could be he deep down he wanted to move. So he probably wants. He's been alone a few times. He wants to play football. Yes, he does. He? I, I think that's totally right. He's not exactly going to get a guarantee with Gomez and Delph and this new fellow coming in. Is he? Yeah. Uh, another player that I actually thought benefited is going to benefit from a, a larger preseason than last year is Bernard. Um, yeah. He got like no preseason with us, uh, came in late in the game, and uh, he had not played for a while. It had been a while. So I think that's actually the fact that he's – Played the preseason, he's gotten through unscathed. It's good, you know? Um, I don't know who else, guys. I mean, I think we've – a lot of it, really, it's the players who've, who've gotten to play. Uh, and it's been decisions. And if they've taken their opportunity, I think Lewis Gibson probably has gotten himself alone. And he's been made – he's made everybody else aware on the – on the management's staff and everything that, hey, this kid is good. Keep him in mind for the future. Uh, good call on Gibson. Uh, what do we – do we feel like uh, Feeney has grabbed his chances? Not yet, but it's still, you know, not his only chance. He's very young, isn't he? Like, he, I, Feeney has got more time, than I think, than a lot of other, you know, under 23 players because he is so young. And, I've, I mean – me personally, I think Feeney's pre- Feeney's big preseason would be next year rather than this one, because you know, Gibson's obviously we, we brought Gibson in for a fee, and you know he, he's physically a lot bigger, and well, he seems a lot bigger anyway. And um, yeah, I don't, no, I don't, I don't think the pressure was on Feeney to do. I think he's another year in the under twenty threes, and then or, or alone. Mm-hmm. I mean, ideally alone, but it, you know I've not heard anything about that yet. Um, I think next time. Okay. Wasn't he one of the players that Underworth said uh, one of the five that mightn't be here? Because is that hinting at alone? I, I'm sure he was one of them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if if he, if he has, it would it would have to be alone. I can't see. Yeah. Saying, oh yeah, we're going to sell five players, and you know, because why, why would I'd you do think, that? I think he's hinting at loans for a couple of them as well. Mm. Yeah. I mean, Broadhead, uh, Bowler. You know, them two are highly you know spoken of. If we can get. Zuma, especially who we know, you know, we know and we trust. I think Gibson will go on loan. I think we get a a, a, a centre back from abroad. I think just for security, we might keep Gibson around. Mm-hmm. Not that he's, you know, going to be. Oh, we, he'll come in for an emergency, but you, you just don't know how a, how an import's going to pan out. But if we get Zuma in, I can see Gibson going somewhere else, and I think Gibson could probably get a decent higher end Championship club. See how he gets on there. Yeah. You know, like, just got to find the right one. The same as. Um, same as as Dal has with uh, Derby and Philip Koku, because obviously 
historically we've sent some some defenders in the under twenty threes like Galloway and Browning sent them to the wrong clubs for loans and it's it's hampered them and it's hurt them more than it's helped them. So if we do send them out to open at a club where he's gonna you know he's gonna get a lot of the ball, he's gonna you know you, all the the things they'll need to have in his locker to succeed in I get the vibe that that's one of the things they're really focusing on is is some intelligently placed loans. Uh, you know what I mean? Like putting them in positions where they're actually going to benefit. That's just something you can see the logic behind every loan when they place kids out now, you know, Um, it's pretty great. Um, Any other winners and losers? Cause I feel like we've all mentioned some people. Um, If it was more exciting, I might be able to think of someone, but I think the real winners are the fans who've gone over there and watched it, to be honest. Well, they at least got to hang out and, you know, get a little yeah. a little live action, even though it may not have been the most uh, stunning uh, live action. You know, I'm assuming an away day is an away day, especially when it's, you know, in Europe at a lot of these. I mean, heck, the first one was in Africa. So, I, yeah, it's yeah. just, wow. Uh I'd, I'd say winner's probably Marco Silva because last year he was a, he was brand new to the club. There was loads of question marks over him because of his time at Watford and you know he had to figure out who the players were, who he was keeping, who he was who he was losing. Whereas this time he's come in, he's he's fully established, he's got his feet under his desk and he can just, you know, get going. Obviously he hasn't had all the players in that he that he'd like straight away, but he's got a lot more this summer makes me feel a lot better than last summer, put it that way. I feel like Feel like all the pieces are in place and uh, and the the um, the cement is dry at the minute on the, the structure at the club. Whereas last summer it was all very new. We were coming off a terrible season. You know, morale was down. This season, Marco Silva feels like you know, I, t- I don't want to say it, but it's in such cliche terms, but he feels like the Everton manager now. He fe- he doesn't feel like last summer where it was like okay, we'll see how this goes. I think this summer he's been one of the winners. So far, in that sense, I gotta say I'm I'm disappointed. Uh, we've only scored three goals this preseason, and we've beaten no one twenty-one to nothing. And I think that is a <laughs> lousy preseason. If we don't have at least one game where we're just battering another team by by over twenty goals, then it's just not worth it, is it, guys? It's uh. There's still time. <laughs> quick, quick. Maybe tomorrow, schedule yeah. a quick game with Erdning. I miss Erdning. Uh, it's oh, <laughs> <laughs> they they were good sports about that though. Got to be honest, because those those were not most of those players were not full time footballers. I don't think any of those players were full time footballers. Actually, <laughs> I think. I think I remember the goalkeeper just letting Morales run past him at one point and just stood there, leaning on the Yeah, that, you know, everybody's, everybody knows about our right-back Morales. Uh, it's, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, yeah, that's that's your real message as to the, the unimportance of the preseason. Morales at right-back. There's your message right there. So... Uh, yeah, I'd say a lot of a lot of a lot of the players are winners though because of fitness, and that's why you say Silva is a good one. That does match. That does work. All right, guys. So uh, I guess that wraps up our preseason review. Uh, uh, we are uh, you know attempting to to mine the gold out of such a, a dirt filled preseason just anything we can to try to pan for the gold we're doing what we can uh 
anyway, and, and I would like to just go, go on record as saying, I do wish that watching the games were free for random dudes like me. And it would be nice. That would be cool without feeling like I have to break the law. That would be nice. Uh, <laughs> it'd be great. YouTube link, you know? Uh, anyway. All right. So uh, I guess that's it for our preseason review. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. I stole this from wrestling. Uh, it's time for the... Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I said that and it totally blew my role. I, now i got to redo it. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time for If You Know Your History, the Everton-based quiz segment that pits Terry against Jordan in a Toffee's Cage match of wit and might. Okay, so this is Price is Right style. We're going to do it a little bit different. We're going to do it a little bit more like the actual Price is Right. I've been, I've been told by the higher-ups that we need to do that. So the way this is going to work is I'm going to tell these guys the name of a player. It's an Everton player from the past. All right, and uh, so they will they will name a price. So if, say, I say, I don't know, Antoline Alcaraz, all right, and it's Jordan's turn to guess first, he says, bag of crisps. All right, cool. <laughs> then then Terry, Terry will give his, and he'll say, I don't know, empty bag of crisps. Okay, so, and it turns out that both of them were wrong. Okay, who? But Terry was the, uh, the, yeah, the one who was closest. Basically, is is the way this works. If you bid over, if you're the one to go over, then then you do not win. Basically, that's the way this works. Okay, that's why we're going a little bit more like ye old Price is Right. Okay, so so yeah, um, I I'm still slightly unclear on how this works, but it's gonna be fine. You know, we're just gonna. We're going to get Ben to pump in some, some rockin' quiz music, and it's going to be great. And Ben, if you want to do the Price is Right theme song, that's great. Um, maybe, maybe say something like, uh, have an announcer saying, Jordan, come on down, and Terry, come on down, because, you know, that's what they do. Um, yeah, and, and, and Terry will absolutely have to be wearing one of his fun party guy Hawaiian shirts, because they wear those on that show. With their big yellow name tags? Yeah, that's... Yeah. Because y- you have those fun party shirts, Terry. I have them too. The worst thing is, people, some people will assume you're joking, uh, and I don't. I actually do. <laughs> yeah. No, he legit does have the fun party guy shirts. Because he's a fun party guy. I wear them, and I'm lame and boring. So it's, it's just a big <laughs> facade. Uh, <laughs> so, all right, let's go. Let's go do this. I have a coin here. It is not a real coin. It is a fake plastic coin. I'm showing these gentlemen heads and tails. It is a plastic fifty cent piece uh, with a. It looks like a President Kennedy. Kennedy is on it. President Kennedy. Yeah. So, um, Jordan, you are the guest. Call heads or tails in the air. Heads. It is heads. So, uh, yeah, do you want to go first or second, Jordan? I'll go fast. First. If you don't mind. Like ripping off a Band-Aid. Get it off early. All right, so um, so we will, uh, and we'll switch back and forth as we go. All right? First, yeah. uh, I've been told by uh, Toffee Blues John that it's the first to four wins. First to four correct. And, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's go. Rock that, uh, rock that awesome music. Ben, and uh, let's get this going. So, 
Jordan. Aaron Linen. Six million. Six million is Jordan's bid. Terry. Four million. Four million. Actual retail price of Aaron Lennon is 4.5 million pounds from Spurs in 2015. Terry has already beaten his record from last match. <laughs> See, he came in. He's got his game face on. Jordan, I'm sorry. It looks like Terry's been doing his doing his homework, so we'll see. Yeah. As soon as I said six, I went, it's four. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey you, at least you've got the guts to be making yeah. guesses. I'm, uh, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just Bob Barker with a tiny microphone. Uh, so, uh, Terry, uh, Onyekuru. And I'm only saying that because I'm not sure if it's Henri or Henry. So, I just, Onyekuru. What's the price of that fellow? Eight million. Eight million, says Terry. Jordan. Seven million. Seven million. Actual retail price of Mr. Onyekuru from KAS Yupin. I guess that's correct. In 2017. Seven million. Seven million pounds. Jordan storms back. He's back in the lead. Terry having flashbacks last time. Uh, so, Jordan. Yes. We found out that money can buy you stones. Ha! <laughs> uh, awful. Uh, so, yeah. how much do we buy John Stones for? Three million. Three million. Terry. 2.5 million. 2.5 million. This is a tough one, guys, because it, it was 3 million. Uh, yeah, on the dot. So, uh, John Stone's 3 million from Barnsley in 2013. Jordan's taking the lead 2 to 1. Terry, uh, strategery on that one. That was the smart bid, I thought, after he said 3. But, you know, what can you do? No, there was there was no gamesmanship there. I genuinely thought it. I was going to get that bang on the nose of two point five. I haven't I haven't had to resort to those tricks just yet. I, each one I've put, I've said, even the wrong one. See <laughs> what I get for giving Terry credit. Uh, oh, he wow. just he just yanks it away from himself. <laughs> no, don't be nice yeah. to me. All right, so all right, so uh, Terry. Uh, the bearded American keeper, Tim Howard. Six million. Uh, sorry, what was that? <laughs> it always is. Six million. <laughs> Six million, says Terry. Jordan. I think it was 4.2. Uh, so, if I do this exactly the way Price is Right does, I am informing you both that you have both bid over the correct price. Both of you have bid over. So, let us go again. Terry, Tim Howard. Ooh. 
what was um what was Jordan's other one? Other price? Four point two. Uh four. Four million. Terry says four million with his new bid. Jordan, what do you got? I'll, I'm going to go with three and a half. And it is my duty to inform both of you that you have bid both bid over. <laughs> that was a bargain, wasn't it? <laughs> no, it was less than three and a half million. Are you sure? This is this is what uh, John Quizmaster John has has put through to me. So Terry, let's bid again. Ooh, three, I guess. Terry bids three. Jordan? I can't see it being less than three. I'll, I'll go with 3.2. Actual retail price of Tim Howard, three million from United 2007. Terry ties it up. Uh, I think Jordan wanted to guess three as well, and this is the way it works. <laughs> when the person gets to go first, there's the advantage of getting to go first. If you're right, then you get that answer. I honestly thought I was too low at six. I thought, oh, it's going to be like eight or ten. It got, my word, that was a bargain, that for three million. I'm. Uh, you guys are making me doubt the uh, accuracy of these numbers now. I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, uh, Jordan. Yes. James Beatty. James Beatty. James Beatty. That's bad. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with eight million. Eight million from Jordan. Terrence. Six million. Six million. Actual retail price of James Beatty from Southampton, 2005. Six million. It is three to two now. Terry is in the lead. We've got ourselves a little rivalry here, guys. So it could all hinge. You ready for this, Terry? This is who it could hinge on. <laughs> Magai Gay. It all hinges on Magai Gay for Terry. I'm not sure if anybody's uttered that statement for a while. Magai Gay. 1.5 million. Uh. 1.5 million. Says Terry. <laughs> Jordan. I'm going to say 1.5. Uh, I'll go with 1. 1. Actual retail price of Magai Gay from Strasbourg, 2010. 1 million. 1 million. We are tied 3-3. Three to three. Gentlemen, this next one will do it. Although I do have more on the list. It looks like this is the one. Uh... Jordan, Aruna Kone. Five million. Five million, says Jordan. Terry, for the win. Aruna Kone. Six million. Six million. For those of you listening on podcast, you couldn't see the incredible doubt with which Terry put forth that answer. It's... He was wincing with one eye, like, like, hey, I don't want to do this. Um, wasn't the price. I just have to remember that Aruna Kone once played for us. I'm pretty <laughs> confident. <laughs> I 
remember because I was really, really upset by it at the time. I think it is six million. It is, in fact, six million from Wigan, 2013. Aruna Kone, one of one of uh, Roberto's golden boys, that didn't quite pay off. But that does give uh, give Terry the win, four to three. Uh, Jordan, that was well played for your first quiz, man. That was that was solid. Um, yeah, good good stuff. Very well done, uh, Terry. Well done. Congratulations on your on your comeback, the road to the road to redemption. Uh, <laughs> so the 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 prize, Terry's prize, is he gets to pick the track that we close out the show, to which we close the show. Yeah, trying to get this right. Don't end it with a preposition. Uh, Terry, what are you what are you gonna what are you gonna go with? You, gonna, you need to take fifteen minutes with your Spotify. Yeah, about that. I'll uh, have a little look. <laughs> Got to play, uh, Ben. If you could put in a uh, girl from Ipanema while we're waiting. <laughs> it's coming. Terry's about to lay down the judgment. Uh, I've not got a good reason, so I'm gonna have to wing that. But. Um... Numb and Encore by Linkin Park and Jay-Z. Numb and what? Encore. Numb and Encore? Numb slash Encore. Uh, are those two different songs or is it literally Numb slash... Are they? Yeah, it's a, it's a collaboration. They're two separate songs. They mash them together and it comes out really good. Yeah, it's, not, it's a good song. <laughs> really? I think, yeah, yeah. I mean... Huge, huge, huge Linkin Park fan, always have been. Um, and that, I could have picked any Linkin Park song, but I picked the, the Crowd Pleaser, really, because that was probably the most uh, universally liked song, you know, because it's got Jay-Z on it, and it's, you know, it's quite, you know, radio-friendly. What the hell what, is wrong with me? How do I miss this song? I'm going to hear it and be like, oh, that one. I don't know it by name. I'm like... Gosh, I mean, should I be talking about how we went to school barefoot in the snow, you know, and these kids today, I don't know this. I know Linkin Park, I know Jay-Z. I didn't know they had a baby together. Yeah, they brought an album out, didn't they? Yeah, a little, little mini mashup album in there. But unfortunately, Jerry, when you went to school, they didn't teach history. No, they didn't. They didn't. <laughs> I bet, what happened, Jeff? What are you going to tell me? Like, uh... Tool did an album later with Coolio, and I'm there's some <laughs> crazy mashup with those two. Yes, That's, yeah, they mix they mix, pri- they mix prison sex and Fantastic Voyage. You know, it's, it's, it's <laughs> um, that's your next chill book out that, that band and Coolio. I've got to escape from a from an island. Got to settle it. Just to come together to learn how to escape. So I'm going to have to listen to this because I, I usually trust you guys' taste in, in music. So I'm going to have to check this out because I, I am aware of uh, a decent amount of Linkin Park songs because they used to come on the radio all the time here. They still do uh, on our like alternative channel if you still call it alternative music, which I don't know people. Do people still do that? I don't even know. Uh, so it's, yeah. Uh, but anyway, Linkin Park, Jay-Z... Uh, numb, encore, mashed together to make a 
a thick goo that Terry likes. That's the grossest way I could say that. I think. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Thick goo. All right. So I, as we're as we're uh, soothed by by the soothing tones of Lincoln Park and Jay Z, it's time to end the Toffee Blues podcast. If you're not subscribing to the Toffee Blues podcast. Uh, you know, it's 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 just a click of a finger or a button, and it's like the easiest. It's not the easiest thing in the world. But it's so close. It's on the list of easiest things you can do. Check that out. Uh, yeah, and really, you just so you can be updated when the new pods come out. Uh, if you if you're like, wow, Jordan sounds awesome. I want to see all the games and Blu-rays that he has on his shelves that are behind him. Hey, check out the YouTube channel, and you can see. You know, it's just every musical you can imagine. It's it's all of them. He's got four different versions of uh, you know Sound of Music. You know, it's yeah, advanced copies of Cats. You know, <laughs> looks awful. Uh, uh, did you see the Photoshop someone done where they said Cats, but it's uh, every character is played by. Nick Offerman, who plays Ron Swanson. I've not seen that. I need to send you that. They've just photoshopped all the, you know, stills from the trailer of the new Cats movie, and it's just him with his mustache on every single cat. It's amazing. I'd watch that. I probably not. I probably won't see the the new Cats film, but I'd watch it if if we had a Ron Swanson version. I absolutely cannot believe they made them the size of cats. Of actual cats. They look so strange. What, what are they doing? It's so creepy. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, back to back to wrapping the show. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, you can see you can see all of Jordan's uh, Blu-rays if you uh, check out the YouTube channel. Yes, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Just hit 2,200 subs. So thanks for that. We're we're really uh, starting to get cooking over there. It's kind of awesome. A lot of people have come on board. Like. Like Jordan, you know, new folks who come on board and they're doing contributing a lot. It's it's awesome. It's just giving us more voices, more input, uh, more ways of connecting with people, and it's awesome. Uh, so uh, anyway, there's that. If you want more Terry, check out the Liverpool Echo Fan Jury when it begins. When they when they when the season starts, uh, they're going to start g- getting some Terry knowledge on there, and we're all the better for it. He told me to say that. I you know. I think, yeah, but uh, I've got, <laughs> got an article coming this week for the website as well, so stay tuned. For uh, that. <laughs> you have an article coming for Toffee Blues, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Toffee Blues website. Jordan has a Everton article. What's it on this time? Uh, it's it's on the potential um, transfer of Zaha ah. and why we I, I think he'd be good to him. All right. Well, uh, I'm I'm going to get my my seven year old to read it because he agrees with you. And he's been absolutely <laughs> flipping his shit when I told him Zaha was an option. So yeah, it's he's one of the one of the he's the only Palace player my kid knows. <laughs> so yeah, Me I'm definitely. I uh, will uh, we'll be checking that out for sure. So everybody, check that out. Um, and also, uh, there's a lot of uh, Everton content just on the Toffee Blues website. If you haven't checked that out, you know that's uh, why not. Right? There's a lot of good stuff there uh, with some key contributors on there. Uh, yeah, and also follow the Toffee Blues on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can follow all of us on Twitter if you check out our details below. If you want to send us a message, just say hi, hello, you know, uh, we're good with that. So, uh, I guess that's it, guys. Uh, Jordan, great first show, man. Thanks a lot, man. Thank you. 
Thank you for having me yeah. on. Enjoy yeah, it's our pleasure, bud. Yeah. Uh, Terry, uh, as as usual, sir, it is a pleasure to bask in your glow. <laughs> pleasure as always, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, right on. Thank you. Right on, guys. So uh, y'all take care, and uh, I guess we'll see. Uh, season's creeping up. Transfer window's creeping up. Fingers crossed. Marcel's got it. All right. So from uh, from all the Toffee Blues guys, we're going to say bye now. So bye.